Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. Hi, everybody. Welcome to TMG. I'm your host, Travis Patton Sr. I enjoy discovering and sharing real-life moments of inspiration from everyday people. And this show is about finding moments of inspiration for our everyday lives. And look, and if you're going to tell me something, then tell me something good. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of TMG. I'm your host, Travis Patton Sr. Today's talk is all about getting off the boat. It's the first part of the two-part series. Hey, look, sometimes we can become so accustomed to seeing one side of things that we may not even be aware of any benefits or advantages of thinking outside of where we are. The benefit of seeing life from the other side of the boat, as always, it's going to be good. Let's go! All right, before I get started, I want to remind everyone you can visit our Facebook page that's Tell Me Something Good with a capital T. Let us know where you are listening from. I want to give a big thanks to all the faithful listeners and newcomers here in the United States, and a special shout out to Canada and Germany where we are growing, wherever you may be listening, all around the globe. All right, everybody, so let's face the facts. We all want to fit in somewhere. And even when we try to stand apart, we are willing to stand apart with those who are willing to stand apart with us. Yeah, so we'll stand apart, but... We want to stand apart with those who are with us. In essence, we are still fitting in. We find those individuals who like to stand apart and we stand apart with them to fit in. Psychologists have a, have a saying for this. They have a, they have a name for this. Psychologists call this sense or need to belong and fit. They call it conformity psychology. Um, what it is is really this. Uh, is, is this. Here's what's so intriguing about this when I study this. Here's what's so intriguing. Uh, they say it's that conformity psychology is limited to changes in the behavior of a person and not concepts such as beliefs and attitudes. So it's the change in a person's behavior, not their concepts like what they believe, so a person will change their behavior just to conform, just to fit in. It's called conformity psychology. In other words, you act right long enough so you can fit in with the right people. 
you say the right things long enough to be accepted by the right people. Conformity, psychology. So a person can bring their behavior into conformity with a group or organization without ever changing their personal beliefs or their personal stand or attitude on a topic. Here's an example. For example, through peer pressure, you may agree to like a song or a movie that deep down you really don't enjoy just so you can fit in. Is anyone other than myself ever been guilty of that? Because you want to fit in. We have a need to belong to something. So we fit in. We change our behavior or, or we, listen, or we say we like something. Let's say you go to lunch with your colleagues or with your friends or with your family. And if you're struggling with self-esteem issues, you will conform to like the same meals, the same type of dishes, just so you won't be seen as an outsider, just so you won't be seen as too different, just so you won't be seen as an oddball. You will like something that you really deep down don't just to fit in. That's crazy, isn't it, guys? Absolutely amazing that we do that. And there are times, now don't get me wrong, now there are times when the collective and intertribal thinking benefits everyone. I mean, in other words, there will be times when thinking alike can be beneficial. Uh, here's an example. For example, during the pandemic, we saw how the elderly and other individuals benefited from neighborhoods pulling together to bring them food, uh, do their yard work, and go on errands. So it has its benefits. It does. That group thinking has its benefits. So, but let's be honest here. It would be tough and almost impossible for any organization to go forward if everyone isn't on board. Or our homes could become better if everyone wasn't at least pulling in the same direction. So it does have its benefits when everyone needs to think alike. There are times when we all do need to think alike. But what happens when this kind of go-along-with-the-crowd way of thinking is more suppressive than liberating? or becomes more restrictive than it is freeing. This is what we're going to look at today, and we're going to use something very unique. We're going to use a story uh, as an anecdote to help illustrate this right here. Now, unlike most people, like many, I enjoy a good story. I enjoy movies that are action-packed with a good storyline or a thriller. However... I have on occasion have broken away from my normal to watch movies that had a good story to go with it. Here's my for example. Um, there is this movie called The Notebook. Now, you may have heard of it. You may have not. Um, 
It's all about a love story between a man and a woman, and uh, it's pretty good. It has a really good story. Now, honesty here, a, a, a moment of transparency. I fought against watching this movie because it just wasn't my thing. It wasn't my usual. However, each time I tried to turn it off, the story became so compelling, I couldn't. I was drawn in by the story and just could not turn away. I'm being honest. Now, stories have been used throughout time to shed light on a much larger picture, sometimes to help make things a little more palatable or a, a little easier to digest. Sometimes parents, you know, kind of give kids parables and stories to help them digest the truth or help them learn a lesson. We've done it. I got kids. So sometimes when I'm teaching my kids or I taught them lessons when they were younger, I would use stories to kind of teach them things or as a teaching moment. So stories have been used throughout time to shed light on much larger pictures. Think about the story of the little engine that could. Remember that story about the little engine trying to go up the mountainside and he goes, I think I can, I think I can, and finally he goes, I know I can. And we teach, we've been taught this story, and we teach our kids this story to never give up. The, the main thing is never give up. Don't quit. Keep going, right? Right? In difficult times, keep going. So we're all used to stories. So stories have been used throughout time to shed light on a much larger picture and make things a little bit more palatable to people, to kind of pass along a message. So Today, I want to share a story that I hope will do the same thing. Now, this story comes from the Bible, okay? Now, now hold on. Now, this story may be familiar to some, and if it's not, you know, don't worry about it. It's okay, because I don't want to test the faith of your religion. I want to challenge the limits of what you believe you can be accomplished. And I thought its points were pretty riveting, so... I want to share it. So this is a story about Jesus walking on the water. All right. So let me kind of set the scene for you. Okay. So here it is. Jesus sends his, his followers, his disciples, as they call them, in a boat. He tells them, get in this boat, go across this lake, go across the sea. I'll meet you over there. Right. So in the middle of, the, of their travel, a storm comes up. And they're caught in the middle of the storm, in the middle of this lake. And here's the storm. It's raining. It's thundering. It's lightning. Waves are splashing all over the place. It's water coming on the boat. And all of a sudden, in the middle of the night, in the middle of the dark, in the middle of this rain, they could barely see anything in front of them. In the middle of all of this, they look up and they think, they see something coming towards them. And they begin to think that it's a ghost. They use the word ghost. So as they look up, they thought it was a ghost. So his followers thought it was a ghost. Now, let me kind of, kind of point this out. This is really normal behavior when you really think about it. All right, think about this. The first thing we do and trying to reason out our difficulties or trying to rationalize or make sense of things that we are unfamiliar with is we begin to compare it 
what we are dealing with now to something we dealt with previously or compare it with something we are most familiar with. So they start saying, tossing around words like ghost because it's things they've heard before, something they may have been taught before. So when we start going, dealing with difficult things and difficult decisions and hard, tough decisions we're faced, one of the first things we do is we begin to compare what we're facing now with something we previously dealt with or something that we're most familiar with. Now, remember, we're talking about getting out of the boat. So how does this play into the narrative? I'll tell you. The decision to do something different can be challenging, difficult, scary, and it will take us in a spiral in our minds where we begin comparing what we know we see with what we hope we see. We begin to compare what we know we see with what we hope we see. We hope we see an opportunity. We hope we see a chance to change things for the better, or we hope we see a chance to become a better person. And chances are what we do see will be nothing like what we hope we see. And, and think about that. We want to become a better person, but if we begin to look at where we are now, a lot of us, if I were a gambling person, would say, I don't know if that's possible, given where I am right now. I don't know if I can become a better husband or father. I don't know if I can become a better business person. I don't know if I can become a better version of myself, given where I am, what I've done. So a lot of times, where we are will look nothing like where we want to go or what we want to become. It could be scary doing this, something different. It could be tough, challenging. And think about it. What we hope we see will look nothing like what we want to see. So chances are what we do see will be nothing like what we hope we see. There will always be a contrast between what we see and what we hope. It's always going to be a contrast. And here's the thing is this, a contrast is just that. There will always be a contrast between what we see and what we hope. It won't always line up. It won't always match. Let's say you just started a uh, working at a company or you just started working on a new job and you can't see yourself as a supervisor or you can't see yourself as the next manager or see yourself owning your own business. Given the fact that you just started, do you see what you, what you hope you see? And what you begin to see and what you hope you see become a contrast of the two things. Listen, we can't allow or become afraid of the contrast because it is the contrast that lets us know how far we've come. It will not always look pretty, but man, if you stick with it, it is possible. 
So I want to know what contrast was. So think about this. The contrast is kind of like the contrast on your television set. The contrast is what puts the separation between the dark areas and the light areas. So the more contrast you have, the more lighted areas show. And the vice versa happens. When you take away from the contrast, the more darker areas show. So don't be afraid of the contrast because the contrast begins to separate things. Because the contrast lets us know how far we've come. So we need the contrast in our lives. Is it possible that some things appear darker to us because we haven't learned to appreciate the contrast that life brings us. Sometimes what we want to become will look nothing like who we already are. Now, think about that. Now, I know a lot of times that we have big dreams of things we want to become, and some say, well, I want to become richer, or I just want to become a better person. I want to be a better father or, or a better mother or a better student. And I want to be a better student, but right now I have a C average. I want to be a better student right now. I'm a D for an average. And so sometimes what we want to become will look nothing like who we already are. This is why we can't judge others where we are now because we are in a contrast. Each of us are in our own contrast. I can't discuss your contrast without bringing up my own. And if we're not careful, we'll become distracted by what it looks like and call it all kinds of names. We'll assign all types of labels on it just because of how it looks right now. Just because it doesn't look the way you want it to look. Just because it doesn't look how you're expecting it to look right now to the progress we've made. We'll call it all kinds of names. We'll, we'll mislabel it. We'll call it a waste of time. We might say it's too late or that it can't be done. You can't give up where you are now because it's the contrast that you're in the middle of. I know it doesn't feel pleasurable. It doesn't feel enjoyable. But right now, you're in the middle of a contrast. That means what you see and what you're expecting are not lining up. They don't look good, but you're in the middle of a contrast. And if you continue to allow the contrast, all the dark areas will light up. So no matter where you are, contrast. So I began to look at this, and I was reading this story, and it was kind of fascinating. So one of the guys on the boat, his name was Peter, one of the guys on the boat, he began to call out and ask, was it their leader? So he asked, hey, he said, look, if it's you, let me come out there. So this guy called out to this man. He called out to him. So the guy called out, the guy on the boat, Peter, he calls out, right? So the guy on the boat called, and when he called to his leader, the voice on the other end answered back. It answered back. That's incredible. So that's this incredible. So he called out and the voice answers him 
back. And remember, we're talking about getting off the boat. So we have to let it speak to us. Whatever it is you're hoping to do, whatever it is you're hoping to go, whatever it is you want to become, it must answer you back. It must respond to what you're saying. So the guy calls out to the voice and the voice responds back to him. If what you are calling to do, if you're trying to do something and it doesn't answer you back, maybe that's not for you to do. What is meant for you will respond to you. Look, I'm not a mechanic. So if you try to have me work on a car, it will be in worse shape than when I started. Trust me when I tell you that. It, but it, it won't respond to me. But if you ask me to do some technical work on a computer or some electronic device, it will respond to me. In other words, it will answer the efforts that I put into it. If the effort you're putting into it and it's not answering you, it's not responding to you, sit down and do an assessment and maybe it's not for you just because your neighbor can grow flowers and tomatoes in the garden and when you try to do it and you begin to look at yourself and call yourself a failure because you can't repeat what your neighbor is doing doesn't mean you're a failure it just maybe possibly mean that that is not for you to do in this world of digital technology and from instant information we like to be able to reproduce other individuals' success. Sometimes it's not for you to reproduce it. And the more you try, the more frustrating it becomes. And then you begin to see yourself and mislabel yourself as a failure. Mislabel yourself as worthless. Mislabel yourself as can't do anything right. Maybe the problem isn't that you don't have the skills. Maybe the problem is you've been mislabeled. So we're talking about getting out of the boat. So the first step in getting out of the boat is finding what answers your efforts. Remember the man in the boat called out and it called back to him and told him to come out here with him. So find out what answers your efforts. What responds to your passions? What calls back to you? This is something I often say. You will never know how good you are at anything if you aren't willing to first try something. So we're reading this story, and as I read this story, I also noticed something else kind of stuck out with me, right? I thought it was just really, really strange. So I also noticed that there were no other boats brought along. Just the one that they were riding in, and they were in the middle of the storm in that one, and when their leader showed up, this guy doesn't come bringing a boat. There wasn't a boat being brought in tow. So nothing was pulled in tow. Now these guys lived in the area in a time where traveling by boat was a normal way to travel. 
So they would have been accustomed to rough seas, high winds, and waves coming out of nowhere. So a sudden storm shouldn't be much of a trouble for them. Even their leader showed up empty-handed. He didn't bring a boat. How encouraging would that be? You in a rough patch and going on at work or at home or your family and you ask your leader, maybe the leader of your family, the person who always had the answers, the person you could always go to for support, or maybe someone, a supervisor, or, or you know, whoever it may be that you see as a leader, that you, that you look in that eyesight. So what if you were in a rough situation and you go to this person that you trusted and you saw them as a mentor or a leader or a guided person and you go to them or for friends or family or people you typically could count on and they show up to your problem empty-handed. They have no answer for you. That would be unheard of. So instead of bringing the solution with them, all you got to go on is the fact that you see them doing something incredible. So their leader didn't bring a boat with him, but they got to see him do something incredible. And since another boat was not brought to them, maybe the boat they were on was supposed to sink and they all were supposed to walk. Maybe one person that walked wasn't supposed to be the only person that walked. So one person being successful, one person making it, one person turning their life around, maybe that one person isn't the only person. I know we've seen people turn their lives around and begin to do things different and do things wonderful and better and we begin to say, oh, that's just them. That's just who they are. They can do that. Why do they have to be the only one? If they walk, you can walk. Just because someone starts before you doesn't mean there isn't room enough for you to start also. Their start day, their launch date has nothing to do with your start. Don't become discouraged by people who begin ahead of you. There is more than enough water to get your feet wet too. So maybe sinking was the plan after all. Can you imagine being in a vulnerable position and you get that or you begin to get that sinking feeling? Or you ha have you ever questioned why life put me in this position? Why did life put me in this vulnerable position? Look, I was born the seventh of my mother's eight children. Each of us had different fathers. I was born medically with a hole in my heart. My expectancy, the doctor said, was maybe 40. I'm 50. I'll be 51 in December. I grew up around drug addictions and alcoholism, gangs, and I've seen prostitutes work their blocks for their johns and their tricks. I've never really felt like I belonged anywhere. Uh, really, as a matter of fact, my name Travis means from the crossroads. 
So I never really felt like I had a place to call home. So I understand what it's like when you feel that life has placed you in a vulnerable position and that sinking feeling comes over you. So maybe you were there for a reason, not to show your vulnerabilities, but to display your true strengths, not to put on display your weaknesses, but to really show your tenacity. Maybe what we have been depending on, we have been depending on it too long. Comfort comes easy to those who know nothing else. But when you talk about doing something different, that's when, that's when everything that's comfortable, that's when it all starts to just go to haywire. Maybe the boat was supposed to sink. The only way you could go down with the ship is if you remain in one place too long. Swim if you have to, but you must be willing to do something different. Let me ask you this question. Um, have you ever stayed in a place too long? Or, uh, and, and you know it's too long when you begin to feel extremely uncomfortable, when the chemistry just isn't there anymore. When despite all best efforts, you cannot get on the same page. It does not mean you have to become adversaries, but you can become allies headed in opposite directions. So maybe the boat was supposed to sink. Maybe that's the message of the story, that if you stay on anything too long, it will sink. Thinking of different and fresh ideas helps to keep us on our toes. Nothing gets us on our toes quicker than a good problem. Something that challenges us. You will never know how well you can walk if you become satisfied with the seat you already have. So perhaps the boat was supposed to sink to give them all a chance to walk. Not just a few not just certain ones. So step two of getting out of the boat is knowing when you've overstayed your welcome. Know that it's time to move on and that sinking ships sometimes come so we can walk into something incredible. All right, everybody. Hey, we're going to end this first part here. It's been a blast. I want you to do me a favor, go to our Facebook page that's Tell Me Something Good with a capital T. And look for the post, Get Out of the Boat Part 1. Tell us what you think and what we talked about. Leave your comments where you, where you were listening from and where you heard us at so we can highlight you. Also, let us hear what's stuck with you today, what may have been your aha or your shareable moment. Remember, my name is Travis Patton Sr. You're here with T Tell Me Something Good. As always, imparting, if you're going to tell me something, tell me something good.